the magic dragon live by the sea. Should we re record this thing? Yeah, sure. Hey, and welcome back to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where five people you don't know talk about books that you may or may not have read. We totally didn't miss August. <laughs> we totally didn't miss August. And if you say we did, you better be prepared to prove it. Um, this month, rather than have a theme, we all assigned each other books. Isn't that right? Am I wrong? Am I am I wrong? What did we do? Yeah. Who, who are, Where are we? I don't That's know. We did. we did that thing. Okay, that's, what, we did, that's right, folks. We did that we did thing that again. Thing. That's right. Honestly, it's one of my favorite times. With uh, like, I really liked the last time we did it, and I'm glad we're doing it again. Um, since we don't I, have a theme to discuss, we just want to like dive in to to I, talking about the books. I'm going to stop talking over Rachel. Hi, Rachel. What's up? Hi. Hi. I was going to say we did. We tried to do better this time and actually give books that we've read before. Oh, Wait, oh did, yeah. Did we? Is that true? I don't know. I, I did. Rachel and I, I had a definitely... bad time last time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, my 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 assignment last time was no walk in the picnic either. Thanks, Katie. No walk in the picnic with those sabatons. That's right. Yes. Oh my gosh, you remember the sabatons? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Katie didn't have a great time with the first book either. No, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the first book. We don't. We don't talk about the second one. Was good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was the only one that actually read the book I recommended last time. Probably. Yes. Yes. Jeez, what an overachieving nerd! <laughs> I'm sorry, I misinterpreted the theme of you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were probably the only one who interpreted it correctly. <laughs> Uh, so did we do better this time? No, I wait, think wait. all I, of us read the book that we assigned, except for Katie. No, I, 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 I had read the book that I assigned last time. Last time okay. I assigned um, The Magic of Recluse to Dan, and I believe that that was well-picked. Oh, yeah. I love that book, actually. See, yeah, Dan, I, I, I get second place. Yeah. Dan didn't have – it was only Dan that gave me a weird book. Yes. Sure it was not my book that I Dan would love it. Or it was not the book that was chosen for me that was the problem. It was the book that I chose. Uh, yes. That I so, had not read. I'm sure Dan would love it. I'm sure right. Dan would love it, but I so, didn't. One day I'll actually read it and we'll find out again. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the same issue I had too. I picked a bad book for Katie. So what is what is let's 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 pick that then as as our starting point. What book did Dan pick this time and for whom? Uh well this time I Chose the book Seconds uh, for Nick. Seconds. Is that right? Like, yeah, like, it's, uh, a, it's a graphic novel by the same guy that uh, created uh, uh, Scott a great movie. Scott Pilgrim yes, versus Scott the Pilgrim. World. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't have uh, to talk about it. Nick should talk about it. It's probably helpful. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Did you know that I'm like that? I I have a stupid love for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I think I did. I'm pretty sure we did Scott Pilgrim. We did Scott Pilgrim in this and the show. Yeah, some, maybe during the one of the graphic novel episodes. Okay. Yeah, I, I I do have like a stupid love for that, even though I know it's kind of like controversial for some reason. I don't know why that would be. I I think I, a lot of people don't like Scott Pilgrim. Like actively loathe it. Which I, well, I find crazy. Those are people I categorize as wrong, wrong about stuff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be categorized as wrong then. Yeah, yes. I also don't <laughs> particularly love the movie. <clears throat> right. And which, you know, I, I think my other um, fellow podcast hosts on every other show I do also hate Scott Pilgrim. Granted, they only know the movie. Um, Absolute madness. Edgar Wright is a genius. Yeah. I just find it so delightful and lighthearted and goofy and I don't know. I'm all about that. I don't, I, you know, I also think I'm a pretty easygoing person when it comes to liking things. I like more things than I don't like. Um, but I am, I am delighted that you chose, chose this book that I did not even know existed. Um, after reading the Scott Pilgrim series, I kind of fell out of Brian Lee O'Malley. So, um, yeah, seconds is a, um, uh, 
another graphic novel. It's it's seconds as I, I interpret it. It's like a double meaning. I think like seconds like obviously as in like. Uh, you might have to let me know what the third one is. I might think yeah. of it. I don't know, but like seconds as in time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of think of it like seconds as in like a second helping for food because the story is about a woman who runs her own restaurant. Um, although I suppose she's actually opening up her second restaurant, so maybe that's the third yeah, meaning. Second chances is probably the. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yes. That's that's what the story's about ultimately. Mm-hmm. How many meanings can you pack into one title? It's actually pre- it's, it's pretty cool. It's uh pretty well thought out. Um, I need to remember character names here actually, because <laughs> I'm awful with that. Um, our main character is Katie, and uh, hey, she that's run- me. <laughs> hey, it's spelled with a K though. You okay with that? <sighs> no, absolutely <laughs> no, horrid. We're not okay with that here. We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> um she runs a restaurant called seconds that's the name of the restaurant um and she is trying to open up a new location because when she opened the restaurant initially um she had like somebody else give her a loan so they actually owned the restaurant she was just like the head chef basically even though everybody considers her and treats her like the boss like she runs the place she technically has no stake and doesn't even work there anymore but she also happens to live on the floor above the restaurant so she's always there. Um, and there is a, um, I guess the sort of mystical aspect of the story is the house spirit that lives in the building. Um, it is a, uh, a, it takes the shape of like a woman with like white hair and I want to say like red eyes or yellow eyes or something um, that kind of haunts the building and takes care of it. Um, her name is Liz. And, um, one of the people who works at the restaurant, um, named Hazel, she kind of, uh, every day goes through these rituals. She lights the fire. She leaves clothes by the mantel place. She puts bread out for the house spirit and she sort of appeased and maybe even given form to this house spirit through this. And, um, one day Hazel is hurt. She is burned by oil and has to go to the hospital. And the house spirit visits Katie, gives her a magical mushroom, and basically, nice. a, and a notebook. And yeah, and she has to basically write down something that she re- uh, regrets and wants to take back and eat the mushroom and go to bed. It's, Katie kind of feels responsible for Hazel's injury because she was having a secret affair with the chef while it happened. He should have been there to make sure that Hazel didn't get injured kind of thing. It's a whole, but... When she eats the magic mushroom, she is basically transported back in time as if... The, or actually, I guess she stays in present time, doesn't she? Is it a uh, it's a wonderful life kind of situation? Maybe, yeah. I, it's a little more complicated than that, but... You know what, she I, actually... actually probably the same. Yeah, she doesn't really go back in time or forward in time. She kind of hops around time, depending on what she writes, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, she... Uh, but basically, whatever she writes becomes the new reality that she lives in. You know, first it's small things, and then she finds in the restaurant underneath the floorboards a whole batch of these mushrooms growing, and she starts collecting all of them. And she just keeps going back and changing things, like, oh, this boy that I used to date, what if we never broke up? Like, what would that be like? Or it's like, oh, this restaurant location I chose, the restaurant is taking forever to build because of all these problems. What if I pick this other location? You know? And the more things she changes, the more the more problems there obviously arising mm-hmm. um and that's both in just like a real life sense of like complications with her relationships with people but also she is creating which she goes to visit one of the other restaurants and she takes in sort of like an artifact that they found in the new location she brings it back with her so she's introduced a new house spirit into the restaurant seconds huh. so now there's two house spirits and through this magic that she keeps using she's actually giving power to this other house spirit that because it's not being taken care of in the same way as the original one and um because of all of the stress that she's causing is turning into like an evil house spirit and she essentially busts reality and it it seems like a reasonable consequence to all of that mushroom eating yeah completely completely breaks reality 
you know, um, ruins her relationship with everyone. She is, you know, in a just horrible spot, and she kind of has to just go back and make things right. And it's just, it's a delightful story. Dan, I read this entire thing in one sitting. Uh, it's, it's, which, it's like, it's a graphic novel, so it reads pretty quick, but it's also 300 pages. So, it's, it's not short, by any means, for a graphic novel, but, um, yeah, I read it in one sitting, like, two hours. It was just delightful. And, yeah, this yeah. is one of those books that I, I try to read at least, like, once a year. And, and I usually will sit down and read it, like, uh, in, in a day or so. It's, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very pleasant. I, if, if you guys like scott pilgrim or just that type of i actually kind of think strangely i think this has more mass appeal than scott pilgrim does i can see that i don't know if you agree with that uh Uh, i mean it doesn't really have like the pop culture references that scott pilgrim is loaded with which i think is what draws most people to scott pilgrim i i just think that these characters are more relatable and the problems and like the message of the story is maybe more relatable yeah, I mean, it's an older story, too. Like, I think, you know, it's not manga based the way Scott Pilgrim was, which Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. was really built on like a manga kind of story structure. Um, but it's still got a lot of the adult themes that are in the end of Scott Pilgrim. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely I, I don't know. I love it. I I, I, <laughs> I went way out of I went I went kind of far afield from what we usually look for just because I wanted to make sure I gave you. I gave whoever I got this time something I actually really liked. So you definitely delivered. This is really, really a, a pretty story, you know. Yeah. Uh, very, very delightful. So that's um, awesome. Brian yeah, Lee O'Malley hasn't done a lot since Scott Pilgrim, but he's done this, and uh, the other thing he's I think still working on is a something called Snot Girl, uh, which I haven't read yet, but I hear charming. It's <laughs> It's literally about a supermodel that has a constantly runny nose. Uh huh. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, what was this called again? The one that we did read? Yeah, it's called <laughs> Seconds. Seconds by Brian Brian Lee O'Malley. That sounds really cool. I might I might have to hunt that down myself. I mean, I I also never got into. Scott Pilgrim, but I could see myself looking this up. Um, did you did you get a, a physical copy or did you? Yeah, I, I ordered a hard copy. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I think it works best that way, just because like the layouts, not your usual uh, comic sort of because uh, because I think the layout is wider than it is tall. If I remember right, or it's more, uh, a little more square like than. Yeah, it's more square like. Yeah, so it, it like uh, gave me a lot of like nostalgia for reading like the old uh, Calvin and Hobbes kind of books when I was yeah yeah just because of the shape of it and the heft of it. So, all right, who's next? All right, well, so Nick, thank you for telling us about the book that you read. Now, what about the book that you assigned? Uh yeah. Um, wow, I am for actually is it Dawn of Wonder by yeah, Jonathan Redshaw. Yeah. So, um, Dawn yes. of Wonder by Jonathan Renshaw. It is, um, without going too much into it, it was a, a book I listened to on audiobook just on a whim a long time ago. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. There is just like no book two. It just, there is like no news. As last I've checked, there is just no news. No, nobody's really heard from this author. And it's hmm. just been a, a sore spot. <laughs> so, so that's what Rachel read? Yes. yes that, that's All right. All right. Yeah. Let's let's hear about it, Rachel. Well, I kind of wish this book was book two, th- one, three instead of book one, because it was over 700 pages. And oh, oh my God, I got bored. I forgot how long it was. I'm wow. sorry. <laughs> well, I do love Tim Gerard Reynolds, who is the narrator of this. I couldn't. I was like, I don't have time. I need to finish this in a week. And it's 29 hours. Somebody help me. So luckily I bought the. I did the Kindle deal where you can buy the Kindle ebook and then get the audiobook for like $2 extra. So I was able to read this by ebook. Um, I liked the beginning. The the, uh, story was very interesting in the beginning. And then we got to the middle portion. And then I was like, where is the plot? Can I have some plot, please? (laughs) Where does the book, uh, where does the book start us? 
Uh, basically, it's a coming-of-age story of our main character, Aiden. Uh, and it starts him in his village, where he and his friends, um, come. A- they are subject to a slaver attack. Um, and the whole beginning part is very tense, where uh, this new guy comes to town, and uh, Aiden and his friends figure out that that his story isn't adding up, that uh, he could probably is the slavers, but none of the adults are listening to them. And they try to go get the sheriff, but uh, the attack hasn't happened yet, so the sheriff doesn't believe him. And then the attack happens, and everyone gets captured, and it's uh, more it's tense of trying to save everyone. Uh, and, and then spoiler stuff happens. Mm. Then he goes to go join the military school, which I really do like military school things, but I was very bored and confused of what the plot was doing <laughs> in the middle. So I I would have liked to have the first part be like the first book and then the middle part be a second book and then the third part be a third book just to have more feelings and plot and character development. So without you know without risking too much in the way of spoilers like how did that end up resolving? You like the the middle felt very slow or vague to you or just plotless but like did it pick up near the end? Did it start to clear things up? Kind of, but I've lost I've lost interest by that point. I was just like, I need to finish. Uh, I need to finish this book. Um, it ends with him having a direction of what he's doing. So. But since there's only one book and no book, uh, no book two in the future, it's kind of I- iffy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Any- so you go the whole book without plot only to get it at the end with no book two in sight. Yeah, I, I I don't mind books without plot as long as they're interest, interesting character stuff, if that makes sense. Like uh, okay. Robin Hobbs books are, I could listen about a character doing nothing all day <laughs> and still enjoy the book. Um, but the characters weren't weren't fleshed out at, for, enough for me. I'm sorry, Nick, I'm tearing this apart. <laughs> it's okay. Nick will have um, his revenge. It's cool. <laughs> uh yeah so i did enjoy the beginning it had good tension uh but i think it could have done better as multiple books instead of one book is my final thought okay any 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 things to add to that nick um you know just in the past few minutes i have done a little bit more research and actually he's put out a few blog posts since the last time i looked uh, which was a couple years ago in, in all honesty uh when i read this book and yeah, he's starting to blog about his progress and problems with writing a second book and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Would, would you buy a second book if it came out eventually, Rachel, to listen to no. or read? <laughs> no. Nope. I mean, I mean, take your this time. This is my fear, is that Rachel would hate it. But I don't. I also knew it. it was somewhat inevitable. I don't hate it. I don't. It's just. It could have done with a little more edits um, or mm. me having more time to read it properly with a body of book. All right. Uh, yeah. So approach this, say, approach this long book when you're not rushed. <laughs> and not in a reading slump, which where I was in the, I was like, I will mention that. Yeah. I, I feel bad that you were, uh, had, had to read it in that, that sort of uh, environment. Except, with the exception of sort of Kaigen, we're all, Meh. I have no feelings about you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was The Dawn of Wonder by Jonathan Renshaw. Uh, cool. I guess it's my turn to introduce yes. the book that I gave to Peter. Which uh-huh. was The Wolf of, yes, the Wolf of Aranyaro uh, by K.S. Veloso. Yep, K.S. Veloso, author of, among other things, The Wolf of Aranyaro, which... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I cheated, but when the when the assignments came out, uh, Rachel gave me two options, and in fact, I had just finished reading that book, and I decided to just grab it. I will, I will say it probably isn't cheating because I did recommend this multiple times beforehand. Yeah, that there is that too. I th- was it one of the books that you read for an earlier? No, uh, I no? just okay. I like the colors, and then I. Oh, okay. I like the I like the I, I like the covers and I like the series name. Yeah, I was pretty sure I'd gotten the gotten the title from 
you. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's an entirely made up world that uh, clearly the author put a lot of thought into the politics and the cultural and social dynamics. Um, it's about uh, the, the sort of the queen of a, of a realm of a loose knit realm of warlords um, who has occasion to take a, a kind of secret trip to a neighboring land. And one of the things she discovers there is that their politics do not give a shit about her politics. Um, that, that, you know, she is the queen and the ruler in her own land, but in this place, uh, you know, stepping up and saying, I'm the queen, uh, that and, you know, three silver pieces will get her a cup of coffee or something like that. So she's just, she ends up at a loss fairly quickly and mixed up in other people's politics. Yeah, I just, I quite enjoyed it. It seemed unforgiving in a way, if that's the right word. Um, it just, it wasn't overly precious about any of its characters. They made mistakes. And they took their lumps uh, and they really, it seemed like they really had to struggle to get where they wanted to go if they managed to get where they were going at all. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, what's the right thought here? It's just, it was, uh, you know, there's a, 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 it's about love and it's about authority and it's about, you know, duty and obligation and I did enjoy it very much. So, you know, thank you for putting it on the list, even though I just read it. Although, I mean, I read it because you suggested it at some point earlier than that in the first place. So, you know, thank you very much. And I'm definitely going to so, keep an eye on Veloso in the future. She was yeah. just preemptively suggesting it for this episode? Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> well, the, my intention was... <laughs> Uh, well, my intention was the third book doesn't have any audiobook yet, and I really want the audiobook for the third book, so I'm trying to get more people to read it so I can get uh, an audiobook for the third book. <laughs> I see. So I have to buy the second book to incur. Well, maybe it probably would be more help if I bought the audiobook of the second book, which is just not going to happen. I'm sorry. That's fine. If if the lovely listeners at home would like to support a author, please buy the audiobook for the series, <laughs> and not because I, and not because I'm selfish and want help fuel Rachel's addiction. <laughs> That's right. I will, I will read it anyways in October, but I would prefer the audiobook format. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing I didn't like about the first book in the series, it gets rather repetitive with uh, Talion's story. Mm. Um, I, I did find um, I, di I did feel a little not overwhelmed, just inundated with uh, flashbacks. I think that was that was one of the things that I remembered that I remember thinking about it was, oh, OK, well, we're going to we're going to flashback again. Um, when I was, you know, I was more excited about what was going to happen next in the present time of the story. But even so, very enjoyable. Um it has the habit of getting caught, release, getting caught. Okay. <laughs> um, and I also enjoy the second book in the series, the the Isakar Falcon, um, as well. And looking forward to the third book, the Dra the Dragon of Jinsai Yang. Good names. Very, also very good covers. Yes, the covers Perfect are very, very pretty. Yeah. Um, so, the, and they, yes, I was just looking this up. The, or, the publisher is Orbit. So go ahead, listeners, uh, write to Orbit and ask them for a, uh, an audio book of the third book in the series. Uh, the surely a, minions. <laughs> that's right. Surely a write-in campaign will have utter uh, success. Yeah. And the narrator, Catherine Ho is also very good as well. Oh, good. It yeah. Is. It's very, I will say it's not for children. Okay. I, <laughs> hmm. No, I was, it's very mm. brutal. Yeah, that's fair. It's unflinching in that way. I mean, I, I would give it to my 12 year old, but that's me. 
I would probably go for at least teenager from yeah. my po- my point of view. But again, not parent. So take my opinion with grain of salt. I would also All give right. it to your child, Peter. Cool. Thank <laughs> you. Um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you my address off air so you can just, you can ship my co- a copy to my child. That's okay. I'll give you his address later. Good, good. Yes, Katie knows all of our locations at any given time. Except for mine right now. Oh, you think that, but she has eyes on you. Rachel, I'm just letting you think that for now. Right? You got the GPS active. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if she changes clothes. There's an implant in there somewhere. So what did you read, Peter? Well, I, what, I read The Wolf of Oren Yarrow by K.S. Veloso. Yeah. Yay! What did, you, what did you recommend to... I recommended to Katie Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. Katie? Sure did. And I've read it. Oh, man. Sweet. Sweet report. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Considering that's a prerequisite to this podcast, congrats. <laughs> yeah, you think I it is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Meddling Kids is basically Scooby-Doo meets H.P. Lovecraft. If you like either of those things or both, you will like this book. It It's kind of like a spoofy version, though, because they're, they're no longer the kids, even though it every time they're like, oh, and then the kids did this, and it's like, no, they're in their 20s. Anyway. So they're the Summer Detective Club, Blyden, Blyden. I don't know what city they were in, but yeah. the summer, their Summer Detective Club, because they were from different cities, they would all get together. Um, they would just solve these mysteries and they would always end up being some guy in a mask, like Scooby-Doo. But then their last case together like didn't sit right with them and then they never went back during the summer to do it again because things were just wrong and one of the things that i didn't really like about this book even though i loved the entire thing except for this so i didn't like how they didn't really explain what was wrong with the first time or like what happened during Mm. that summer until like they were going through the case again and investigating the same mystery again to like find out what went wrong. Mm -hmm. I wish they would have given a little more information about the first version, but anyway, it was super good. There's one of the kids like had a mental breakdown or something. And he sees the ghost of, one of the other kids who actually like was successful and he got he was like a movie star but then he overdosed and so then the one kid now sees his ghost and he they interact and it's they have really cute moments together sometimes yeah they do <laughs> okay so there's there's four kids and their dog of course so there's um, Andy, she's, I would say that it follows her mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy's short for Andrea or Andrea, but she prefers Andy and she's in love with Carrie, um, who wants to be a biologist, but because of this last case, she just can't focus and, you know, everything kind of goes down the drain. And then there's Peter, sorry, Peter. He's it's the cool. dead one. <laughs> I am. Peter died. It's true. And then, um, oh my goodness, I feel terrible. What's the last one's name? Oh, Nate. Shoot. Nate Thank is you. the one yeah. who sees Peter's ghost. And, and then, then Tim, they have, Tim is the dog. Yes, they have a Waymarainer. Waymarainer. I don't actually know. Waymaraner, I think. Waymaraner. Waymaraner. They have a dog named Tim. And sure I not. just love how, like, unobtrusive that name is. It's just Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Nick instead of Nick? 
<laughs> no, no, it's Nate. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's really good, and they're like going through this childhood case, but they're actually being adults about it, and are like, okay, well, since we did this when we were kids, we are fucking adults now, so <laughs> we are going to go bring a gun on the case and shoot this alien fish zombie thing. It's great. I'm very glad that you enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I, I suspected strongly that you would. The, yeah. the narration in particular has a kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of weird at times because it would go from like a regular regular typing but then it would go all of a sudden and be like like a script and it oh, would be yeah. like you know person's name colon mm -hmm. shocked and then you know what they said and that was that kind of threw me at first but then i got i got into it and i really liked it and um the way that tim is described when he does things like <laughs> he was affronted when she didn't bring out the biscuits or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just it was really cute. And they made him they really personified him, mm -hmm. even though he was you know a dog. Yeah. The writing is a real character to it that I appreciated. Yeah, it was. It was really cute. Speaking of dogs, Shadow, get out. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we're good. Okay. Phew. I was worried about Shadow. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute, though. Not a whamrainer, but he's still cute. I should have learned how to say that word before that we recorded this. This is funnier. Sometimes you don't realize what you don't know how to pronounce until you have to pronounce it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like dagger. Dagger? Dagger. Daggers. Dagger. <laughs> dagger. Dagger. Okay, anyway, so that was a really short rundown of meddling kids, but basically, if you like Scooby-Doo and you like cosmic horror, you will enjoy this. Darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. Yeah, I like to call it the Scooby-Doo kids 10 years later plus Cthulhu. That is spot on. So, Katie... Yes, that's me. What did you assign? I assigned a book for our good pal, Dan. Dan? I didn't actually read this book. Do you, do but... you even remember what the title is? Yes, I took a picture of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I assigned him Rack and Roll. It's Rack, W-R-A-C-K, and hmm. Roll by Bradley Denton. I just picked it because I saw it in my bookstore and I saw it. I thought, this is a Dan book. And so I bought it. <laughs> and then I shipped it to him when it was time to send him a book. So, Dan, take it away. Katie, I can't express how much of a Dan book this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's man, it's so Dan. Dan. Have you guys seen the cover? I don't know if we sent the cover around. It is. I don't uh, remember. I don't know how don't we I can't not make it the image of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the cover image of this episode probably needs to be the cover of this book. It is <laughs> like, uh, basically the cover is a oh my 80s goodness, hair metal band sort of thing happening with nuclear missiles in the background and a bunch of punks fighting stormtroopers in the foreground and. That is essentially the plot of the novel. Yeah. Also. Rack and roll. <laughs> In an alternate America, the music is the power. And the power is pushing us closer and closer to Armageddon. Yeah. This, so this book yeah. takes place in an alternate 1979 in a world in which Fra Franklin Roosevelt, I think, accidentally dies in like 1937. And so it changes the course of World War II. So that at the end of World War II, Germany's defeated, uh, but they're defeated by the um, by nuclear power. So uh, oh, Berlin that... and Tokyo are the cities that are 
destroyed by atomic bombs. And so that changes the uh, like politics of the world so that by 1979, uh, England and China are called the Anglo-Chinese Alliance. And uh, the U.S. and Russia are essentially like after the end of World War II, I think the sense is that uh, America goes in and ousts Stalin and then sort of uh, Imperial America kind of takes over uh, Russia and, uh, you know, all of the surrounding places that we forget are actually like American, you know, locations. There's a bunch more of them and uh, like America is kind of inherently an empire uh like um and it has and the book is very political uh i guess as much as the the cover would make you think it's absolutely silly <laughs> uh it's actually somewhat of a serious book um the and, and like all the stuff i just talked about isn't really have anything to do with the plot so the plot is that like uh, the daughter of, and it's so hard because the book makes some assumptions about uh, what you know about eighties <laughs> uh, rock music and stuff. So essentially, like, imagine a world where Janis Joplin was invited to, maybe not Janis Joplin. I don't know. Maybe like uh, Joan Jett. Somebody like like a hard ass woman metal. Joan Jett. Is that Joan, Joan Jett? Jett? Okay. So Joan Jett goes to the moon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, you're just describing Joan Jett. So. <laughs> okay. No, no, yeah. Great. So Joan Jett goes to the moon, and while she's on the moon, uh, there's an accident, and it's very clear that, that she's going to die on the moon. Uh, Why is she going so she, Well, so actually in the 80s, there was a, a period when uh, NASA was basically going to try to start up like sending celebrities to space. And it and it started with the, what became the Challenger mission where the Challenger exploded, where they started with a teacher. But after that, they were planning to send like bigger name celebrities once it sort of became a regular thing that they could send normal people's quote unquote to space. And obviously it ended in disaster. So this book was written in 1986. And uh, when was the Challenger, you guys? Does anybody remember? Was it 86? Or was it after? I think it might have been, but I don't remember offhand. So this might be, like, directly inspired by that. I don't know. But anyway, basically, uh, the Joan Jack character, whose name is Bitch Alice, uh, basically tells all of the... Boy, this book is so complicated. So, <laughs> So she basically causes a riot in the United States and ends NASA. Like NASA's burned to the ground. Oh God. She she's in space and she basically is like, uh, fuck these people that killed me. All my fans should go and burn NASA to the ground. So the the story is about her daughter um in 1979. So like, you know, 20 years later or or, or 10 or maybe 10 or 15 years later. So I think the kid's like 24 or something like that. So her daughter is a, a, a also a singer-songwriter called The Bastard Child. And she's basically sort of ending her career. Her career is kind of winding down as nuclear Armageddon is sort of facing the world. And so she finds herself in a position to, um, I guess, do something about it. Although the the things that happened to her to put her in a position to like cause and or prevent nuclear Armageddon are kind of wild. There's like uh, people that can see the future. There's um, spies and like assassins and uh, the secretary of state who's like running a shadow government in the United States is trying um. to, seduce while also kill her it's fucking crazy (laughs) so dan i know you said spies and assassins but i heard buys and assassins i mean yep some of that too 
<laughs> Good. It's 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 very strange because like I I don't know I I, I existed for the eighties. I was born in nineteen seventy nine, um, and it's hard to explain to people now like what the threat of I mean nuclear Armageddon nowadays is kind of like a uh, it's a joke, right? Like I don't think it's anyone's a bit passe. Yeah, I mean no one's seriously afraid that the world is gonna like fall apart. Because well, it's like a setting now. Apocalypse. It's like a video game setting more than it is like well, a real threat. Like yeah, we're all waiting for it to happen and we're collecting bottle caps as currency already just <laughs> so that we know what to do when it happens. But but this book is more set in like the paranoia age of the of the 80s, right? Right. And it's uh, boy, it's hard to explain like what the level of paranoia that existed in the 80s was like because it I, it's I mean Maybe in the age of COVID, we're pretty close to to people that just have lost their grip on reality so that like, you know, they are actually terrified. You know, in the 80s, people were actually scared, like filled with anxiety over the idea that like at any moment we could everyone could be vaporized. Uh, this book also focuses a lot on the like leftist counterculture so like the the reason it's called rack and roll is because uh kind of all sort of leftist politics are distilled into this identity called being a racker which is essentially like being a punk Mm -hmm. Uh, or like uh i mean it definitely idea idea uh like visually lines up with like what became of the hippie movement of the sixties kind of turned into the punk movement of the eighties. Right. To some extent. So like, you know, all of like leftist ideas, anti-war, um, you know, capitalism, bad are held by these people that like by 1979 in this book, don't really have any political power. Like the, the, there's a presidential race going on, but like it's a presidential race where it's decided in the primary, really like whoever. And actually it's the Whig party uh, is still around in this book. So whoever <laughs> wins the Whig nomination will essentially like become the president. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It, it, it reads a lot like a book written in the 60s. Like uh, it's got a lot of like um, Selazny feel. Do you guys know Selazny? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have like Selazny was very conservative and misogynistic. It doesn't have that uh, edge to it. And the primary one of the point of view characters is uh, the bastard child who's a who's female and like, you know, very empowered and obviously is, you know, out there. You can ask to save the world. But uh, so so, you know, it never it never has that sort of like and, and like almost to a to a point every man in the book that is not a murderer is a kind of ineffectual nebbish kind of character uh, to some extent, sort of all of them trying to find their way back to some kind of masculine empowerment by the end. It, it, it's a very, uh... here's the crazy thing about this book that I actually like, once I read it, I couldn't stop reading about the author because I don't know if you noticed, Katie, but at the bottom, uh, this book was Campbell nominated, like for the Campbell Award. Uh, that's like one of the best, one of the biggest sci-fi fantasy awards that there is. And while I don't, I don't think I would ever have nominated myself. It's really well, well written and sort of well realized. It's just a mess, though. Like the story is just kind of a mess. Um, but like this guy, Bradley Denton, who wrote it, I'm just going to, I looked up his bibliography because he did eventually win a Campbell award, the John W. Campbell award for, um, best science fiction novel in 1992 for a novel called Buddy Holly is alive and well on Ganymede. Uh, (laughs) And I think I really want to read that. (laughs) The oh, image of, of that book is is a kid fixing a huge satellite dish with the ghost of Buddy Holly floating over the top of it. It's uh, it looks pretty great. So, wow. Uh, I I don't know. Like you know, I think like if I can't imagine you know like Rachel would ever 
I mean, maybe unless you got it in your head that you wanted to read about something related to like 80s culture. There's a lot of this captures the mindset of because one of the things in the book is like the fear that like you know, so number one was like atomic annihilation, but number two is like the fear that like punk kids were gonna wreck the world, right? But like listening to rock music was gonna rot your brain and you were gonna become a anarchist and you were gonna have a you were gonna start wearing clothes that didn't match and you know <laughs> shave your head and or have a mohawk and uh that was that was the end of Western civilization was was this music that was messing everything up and that's uh, accurate and to history western civilization died yeah. <laughs> why do i feel like everyone thinks i hate everything <laughs> well i mean i just feel like your tastes are very specific and this is this is a You're very like difficult book to like i think it's kind of all over the place it's it's um Unless you're very interested in kind of the subject matter, uh, which, you know, I think is like just sort um, of an prob- odd mix of 80s psychology more than anything else. Yeah, my parents were the 15 to 25 in the 80s, so I don't think I want to read a book about my parents. <laughs> yeah, it could be that th- this would be, you know, you might read about them. Could be traumatizing. Better stay away. Yeah, yeah, there's no, um, if there's no, there's a lot of like description of gratuitous violence sort of after the fact. Uh, but there's no, there's nothing in the book that was really like objectionable to read about. Maybe the only objectionable thing was that like, uh, how really white the perspective is. <laughs> like, if it has a negative, this book's, um, like, uh, really leans heavy on the, uh, kind of, uh, spiritual black people are going to save us all kind of kind of trope uh hmm. where like the the racker philosophy is initiated by a folk singer uh whose name i forget uh dixon i think yeah hold on actually there's like a eddie dixon who is a ghost through the entire book that sort of keeps showing up and haunting some of the characters and then by the end like actually manifests as a ghost <laughs> And, and impacts Shit. the plot. So there's like a literal, you know, magic black man that shows up and uh, helps fix things. So, uh, you know, some of that. And then like the idea that like, you know, the this movement, you know, this is very left. I, and I think it's kind of a commentary a bit on lefty politics, which is that like this movement started by this African-American man is picked up by a bunch of white people playing rock music you know, and to some extent kind of dropping the ball as they try to move forward his philosophies. Uh, so, you know, it's mm-hmm. got that going on. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. It's a very, I, I was unprepared for this book. Like the the cover doesn't do it justice. The descriptions that are written kind of on the first couple of pages about like who the characters are and stuff are factually inaccurate in some cases. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm super glad you gave it to me, Katie. It was super fun to read, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad that you liked the Dan book that I found. And and did we mention the publication date yet? Yeah, what is the publication date? It was 86. It was, 1986. Right. Okay. It was set yeah. in 1979, but the book was published in 86. Yep. Which, by the way, I did confirm Challenger was January 1986. And this came out in September or November, so... So highly likely, probably, that it was inspired somewhat by... Uh, or influenced, at least, yeah. Yeah. Well, so this was uh, Rack and Roll by Bradley Denton, the Campbell <laughs> Award nominee. It says it right here on the cover. Who would go on to win the Campbell Award for some... Buddy Holly <laughs> is alive, <laughs> alive and well on Ganymede. <laughs> right. Which apparently was also made into a movie. Wait, really? No. I, I just did a google search in it well i know what we're doing on why is this a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh yeah in august 2009 a film wow. version was announced uh although it doesn't look like maybe it didn't oh no oh project the project was ultimately, was ultimately abandoned. abandoned 
primarily due to funding. Oh, sorry. There's a teaser trailer Damn. somewhere, apparently. If there's footage, I'm going to track it down. <laughs> Please do. Oh my gosh, this sounds good. All right. This is this we is your it, new mission. That's another yes. successful podcast. That's right. Yeah, we, mission all right, accomplished. Let's, let's all go get mohawks, guys. What do you mean, go get mohawks? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, do you want? Uh, I already, I already kept planning on getting a side fade. Do I want to go full <laughs> mohawk? I was I thinking mean, about it. I can't I get a mohawk. I, I have a reverse mohawk. Oh. Oh no. So you look like the mayor from How the Grinch Stole Christmas? No, it's a skull indentation. It's actually inverted. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I have like a, an, an eight inch indentation into my skull. Um, it's actually severely debilitating. So, I'm so sorry, anything? Peter. Did we, did we learn anything about each other's tastes? Um, Rachel's picky. I'm not that picky. I've read 112 <laughs> books this year. How is that picky? <laughs> But you know what I want to do? Did you like? <laughs> I want I want to listen back to every episode and see how many times Rachel liked her book versus not liking her book. I pick books that I think I would like, but sometimes I'm <laughs> severely disappointed. Except for the Dan episode, I did not pick that up. <laughs> I think we did pretty well assigning books that people enjoyed uh, largely. Um, so I think I don't know. I think we've got a good sense of our of each other's Katie tastes. Katie and Nick next time gotta gotta pick their game up a little bit. <laughs> you know, I did I did pick a different book for Rachel actually at one point, and she said I'm already reading that for something else. So she did oh. not let me pick it for her. <laughs> I have okay. I have you plan out your life that I read. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's for fantasy bingo, and I have each each month has two books attached to it, and I already have both. So besides, I don't want to stray from my yeah. And I I did. I was trying to pick a book for Rachel that was like on her list of books she wanted to read, but also one that I've either already read or would be interested in reading. Also, you know, yeah, yeah. The third uh, book was uh, and there that and then there were none by Agatha Christie, which I did. Oh, I I, I do love Agatha Christie. That book is a little complicated in terms of uh. <laughs> It has it has some uh, some racism underneath it that would need to be discussed, I think, unfortunately. But uh, but I do like not very deep underneath either, is it? (laughs) No, pretty, pretty uh, well. I mean, let me put it this way. They had to change the title twice. Oh, my. Uh, And then there were none is the modern day title, not the title that came out when it came out. So, yeah, that's Um, like the I do love Agatha Christie. Christie, I don't know the the I don't know like the plot of that one yet, and I want to keep it that way. I know the plot of the murder of the Oriental Express, so I'm trying to keep myself in the dark for the plot of that one. I won't say anything about it other than uh, you've you do know the plot of it. You've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is it is a common trope that she invented. Oh, which is, is yeah, locked, cool. Is it the locked door trope? No, no. Oh, okay. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's it's a good one though. I know it's the problem with reading like old books that invented the tropes. You mm. get bored when you read all the modern books that have the trope, and you go back to the original. Like, well, yeah, like, duh, yeah. That's why I'm scared to read Lord of the Rings. Huh. I mean, Lord of the Rings at least like really commits to certain elements that a lot of the follow-on or inspiration or you know inspired by it books didn't um you know like like most of the follow-up fantasy authors weren't uh scholars of the eras that they were placing their books into so there's there's that for it and they were not skilled enough to make their own languages from scratch (laughs) right i forgot uh the Wonder of the Dawn would fit for the fantasy bingo prompt uh, re- revenge-seeking character. I believe it would fit for hard mode for that prompt. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I, I forgot I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for that. 
Um, I really love these when we pick books and recommend them to each other because we get to share in that way. I'd love to do that more often, but it looks like we already have a theme for next month, um, which is... I believe I said this last time. If if we get Halloween once a year, we only pick each other's books once a year. Wait, so you're saying we could pick each other's books more often if we just get more Halloween? Yes, I will allow it. Just every other episode, spooky, and then pick each other books. <laughs> All right, well, you, you heard it here from Katie, folks. Katie has given you permission to do more Halloween. Yes. I'm sure Target and Walmart already have Christmas stuff in their stores, so... I was going to say, Katie, what what date approximately do you put up your Christmas lights? I just need to know. Uh, like a week before Christmas. Oh, I see. Okay. When do you take them down? Like a week after Christmas. Wow, you're very responsible. Hey, Halloween's where it's at. Christmas. Oh, okay. How, when do you put your Halloween decorations? Well, I mean, it depends on how much time I have. Are they up already? Nick, it's obviously November right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but hypothetically, if it were Monday, September 6th, <laughs> would your Halloween decorations be up? No, not yet. I did. I They are currently still packaged away in the basement, but I am ready to pull out my skeleton. That didn't come <laughs> out right the, off. I don't that No, just ripping out your entire skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, sure. I believe if anyone in this podcast has the, the <laughs> grit Jesus. and fortitude to rip out their own skeleton for uh, Halloween, it is Katie. I, Katie would do well in a Saw film. Oh, shit, so? yeah, yeah. The key no, but... is behind your eye. Sweet! Uh, <laughs> rip! Let me get it. Jeez. I, do you want to hear something f- really bad? I read, the, yes. I read the Wikipedia page for Final Destination, and then I had a nightmare. Oh, oh you oh. sweet summer child. You poor girl. I cannot do torture porn movies. At all. Yeah. I've never actually seen a Saw movie. Nobody's going to make you. You don't have to. It's okay. Uh, Next week on. I think we should end end this ramble before we lose all their listeners. All right. All right. So uh, (laughs) next next month, we're all reading books that were published the year we were born, which means Dan will have the oldest book. Oh my gosh. 1924. Here we go. That's well, right. That'd probably be an easier time I'll have the youngest book. 79. Yeah, Rachel, can, are yes. you going to be able to find a book from 2014? No. Oh, man. Are you assuming I haven't picked this book out since the moment we've set this theme? That's a good point. You probably had this picked out for months. <laughs> yep. I'm actually really proud of myself. I'm 162 pages into my selection already. You yeah. are, you're all superior. You are superior hey. creatures. Last, last, week, last week, Nick didn't have a pick. I, 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 I have a feeling... Like, <laughs> I would like to point out, out of 836 pages, so I needed oh, a shit. head start. <laughs> my, long, my, book's also, my long is also a book. <laughs> <laughs> my long is also... <laughs> I have a feeling that both both Peter and I uh, like to wait until the last second and then panic read. Uh, oh my god! I, I mean, stop I like... everything! Stop everything! <laughs> Bonicula was published in 1979. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my god! Holy shit! So excited. <laughs> no, that's 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 noteworthy. I'm I, I, I dig it. A copy of Bonicula. <laughs> I, you know what? I could probably get you one. I think we have one in the store. <laughs> I mean, the, so the only way that Nick is wrong about about me is that I I prefer to um, forget about it and then find a book that qualifies that I've already read and then that talk you about read that. like years ago. <laughs> yes, and I'm looking at this list of fantasy books from 1982, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, there are some options here. The Gunslinger by Stephen King. Oh, yeah, I read that. I wish I had the backlog that you have. The BFG by Roald Dahl. Oh, shit, yeah, I could talk. I wrote a whole 
paper in high school about that. I'm in. Um, uh, we should have this discussion off air. <laughs> says you. All right. So next month, <laughs> that thing that I said, right, books published in the years we were born uh, from moderately old person to moderately young person. And uh, thank you for listening. Who are we? We didn't introduce ourselves at the start. Uh, no, I'm not going to lie. When we started, I thought we might have just warped into a new dimension because suddenly we were actually going. We went from just yeah. bantering to, oh, we're recording now. Oh. All right. Well, so Katie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Shimmy Books. Nope, just book. Singular. Singular book. Um, where I tweet if I remember I have it. Also, check out my bookstore. It's griffinsroostbt.com. Um, also, I just learned how to pronounce Weimariner. It's Weimariner. <laughs> you can also support uh, Katie using Librio FM. Yes, I... Store. Yeah, I've got a link on my website for that. It's just on the main page on top. And also, I have a link to Peter's Well. Oh. That sounds... Words that are does hard sound, for me right now. That sounds curious. That sounds a little weird. Yes, um, my, I'm going to pull out my skeleton and put it in Peter's Well. <laughs> Jesus. Well, just, been... That's the right place for it, because the, I'll, just, I'll just... I was going to go last, but now... The Well is a role-playing game that I wrote and published. You can find it on shoelesspetegames.com. You can follow me on Twitter at shoelesspete. Um, the game is full of Katie's skeleton. A um, <laughs> lot, of, lot of animate undead trying to kill people and Including even trying teeth. to survive. And yes, and the, the fearsome tooth swarms. Uh, get, a, get a copy of the book and learn more. Um, Dan. Your turn. I'm Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at danielevanson.com. Right now, I think we're still running uh, a world-building event called Juno, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, you will have already read uh, all our sentient creatures, and probably our divine system is currently being released. So uh, keep an eye out for that at danielevanson.com slash Juno. That's J-U-N-O. Uh, and uh, I just want to point out that in 1979, they also released <laughs> all three do of the first three do novels in a single release. So I might just review what? all of the first three do novels. Oh God, <laughs> that's gonna be trippy. Yes. <laughs> oh my. God. I think you just gave Nick a boner. <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> Nick I was gonna, yeah, Nick, it's your turn. Tell them about your boner. Yeah. Uh, I will plead the fifth on that. Um, you can listen to uh, some of our other podcast shenanigans like Two Cents Radio and Wise is a Thing on Too Many Thoughts Media.com. And uh, you can join our Discord where you can harass us directly. We might not answer, though. We'll see. That's not, that's not true. We don't have anything else going on. We will definitely answer. Yeah, if you ta if you tag us like and and if you pick a fight with me, I will argue. Even if you're right, I will argue with you. I will argue the losing side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Rachel. Uh, you can. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Argent Rape on most things. Sometimes I do things. Other time I'm sleeping. Those are the two options. As far as I know. Um, all right. You can reach us, like Nick said, um, on the Discord, which you can find through too many thoughts media.com. You can email at us at too many thoughts media at gmail.com. Please, most important thing, send us pictures of your bookshelves. Yes. Katie will explode with joy. She'll have her own and yeah, mm. What, what, what was joyful. that noise? How joyful are we talking here? I mean, depends on the bookshelf. Her skeleton might just come out of her body. <laughs> I mean, she might have so much joy it would go back in. Oh, goodness. Wait. Ha. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll also probably get a shout out for us because what else yes. do we have to do? Send us pictures of your bookshelves and we'll talk about it um, on, on the air. Unless, you, unless, of course, you don't want us to. We respect privacy. Yes. That's true, he said, carefully respecting privacy. And um, 
All right. So send us things. Uh, please go and and rate apparently this thing on your podcast apps. I think that seems to be important from what I hear. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're enjoying this, let us know, blah, 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 et cetera. Until next time, please uh, keep reading. Or don't. I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> <laughs>